Hello and welcome to the Financial Classroom with Will, Tim, and Jules, where three friends believe that the American dream is built by living within your means. Listen as we discuss how to build wealth, live frugally, and attack life with a financial plan. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another segment of the Six Figure Millennial, episode 19. Today, we spoke to Adam, who is in the military, and it's always awesome talking to millennials who have reached this 100K mark early on in life. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to Adam. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to him today. His whole goal of becoming financially independent and then sailing the world was just, I mean, it inspired me and I really hope it inspires our listeners as well. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to talk with and he was just so inspiring talking with him, like you said, about his dream of being able to sail the world, but also the fact that he really only started taking his finances seriously just a few years ago, and he's already a six-figure millennial. So we're just really excited to be able to share our conversation that we had with him. And yeah, we can't wait for you to listen in. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, if you guys could leave us a review on our various podcast platform, especially Apple Podcasts on iTunes, that will greatly help us reach greater audience. And thank you guys so much for the support and for listening. And here is Adam. All right. So today we have Adam. Adam, you are a six-figure millennial. Thank you for coming on to the show. Adam, you want to just kind of start by telling us your story, start from the very beginning to when you started this financial journey to now having over $258,000, give or take, in net worth now? Sure. Um, Thanks for having me. My name's Adam. Uh, I've been in the military for a little over 14 years. Was never really all that good with money before. I just spent it as fast as I made it. Did all the classic army guy money mistake. But as of about four years ago, um, I started taking it more seriously. I just kind of realized that I was spending all the money I was making. And, you know, at that rate, I would have to continue working forever, which isn't really something I wanted to do. So I just decided to self-educate, read some books, started listening to podcasts, things like that, and kind of got it under control, lowered my expenses, increased my savings rate, started buying assets and growing my net worth. That's awesome, Adam. All right. You said you hit 100K and how old were you? I was probably around 34. And what's your net worth now? It's a, it's just over 250. Okay. And, and how old are you now? I'm 36. Cool. So Adam, let's start from the very beginning. And so you say you were raising a family and you say you weren't really good with money. What made that switch? What was the thing that kind of was there? Did you just wake up one day and realize, okay, I'm spending living beyond my means or things like that? Or what was the switch that happened? Yeah. So 2016, I was getting ready to go on deployment for work which means making more money. So when we go overseas, everything we earn is tax-free. There's also some allowances like risk and hardship and things like that. So uh, it's always exciting because you know you're going to come home with a bunch of money. Um, This would have been my, I don't remember, fourth deployment maybe. And uh, every other time I just came back and spent all the money, you know, it just kind of disappeared. This time I I thought about it and I kind of made the decision, okay, I want to do something responsible this time and not just blow the money when I get home. So I really started looking at my of my financial situation. And I thought I didn't have a budget or anything at the time. Uh, but I really sat down, and I like wrote down all the things that my money goes to every month. And I compared that against my income. And I realized that, you know, I spend everything that I make, essentially, and it, it, it was all mostly just on like cost of living stuff. You know, it was just things that supported me being in in Petawawa in order to keep doing my job every day. 
you know, I like my job. It's a great job, but it's not really something I want to do the rest of my life. There's other things I want to do. So it just made me really, it's just kind of opened my eyes that, you know, I had to do something different. Otherwise I'm just going to do this forever and eventually not be happy. Adam, I noticed that, um, Sorry, on your Instagram, you had said that your dream is to retire eventually and sail the world. So how does that all come into play with two or a few years ago when you decided to embark on this savings journey? So it kind of happened right at the same time. So um, around the same time I started learning about money, I also learned through YouTube that there are people that live full time on sailing yachts and just travel the world. And they're just regular people. And we're not talking about like really wealthy people or anything. So that really spoke to me. I was really intrigued by that. And I started researching it more. And I I just decided like that this is what I want to do. Absolutely. So those two things went hand in hand because I knew that in order to do that full time, I would have to quit my job and I would need some form of income to allow me to do that, you know, indefinitely without having to go back to work. So that's when I decided I need to learn about investing so I can create passive income streams so that I can eventually quit my job and just, you know, sail the world on my own boat and not have to worry about going back to work. That's great. You mentioned it's fairly recently that you kind of made this change to begin to save, to begin to invest. And before that, you were just kind of spending money as fast as it was coming in. Can you give some examples of some lifestyle changes that you made so that you were able to save more? Yeah, sure. So when I was younger, I partied a lot. And, you know, when I was like a younger private corporal in the military, I just partied every, you know, a lot on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When I moved to Petawawa, that slowed down just because I got busier with work. Not a lot of that to do around here. Um, but I also did things like I bought a house, you know, expensive mortgage. Um, I bought a brand new truck that was like $60,000. And when there was things I wanted, I just bought them. Like I had a, I bought a, like a movie theater for my house uh, in the basement. It was like a big projection. It's like a nine foot wide screen. It was like a $10,000 overall setup. And I bought Blu-rays and things of that nature to go with that. So it wasn't like anything real extravagant. It was just stuff. Was, when I wanted stuff, I just bought stuff. So the, the big changes that I made were paying off my truck loan when I was on that deployment. I just dumped all my money at that until that was gone. And then the other big change I made was getting rid of my, my mortgage by selling that house uh, and downsizing into a significantly uh, less expensive one. But do you still have a mortgage now or are you mortgage free? No, I have the mortgage, but it's it's six hundred and thirty four dollars a month versus my old one, which was about fifteen hundred bucks a month. Okay, wow. So you paid off the truck and you freed up the mortgage, which I mean, downsized the mortgage, which obviously freed up a huge chunk of cash. So earlier, before we started recording, you were talking about how you increased almost two hundred thousand dollars in two years, and I'm guessing a big chunk of that is because your high savings rate and the fact that you no longer have a truck payment and you were investing. Is that correct? Yeah. So after that deployment, uh, five years ago, I bought uh, a rental property. I read Set for Life by Scott Trench. And in that book, he talked about, you know, attacking the three like biggest items in most people's budget, which is housing, transportation and food. That really kind of resonated with me because I, I, I learned that I was spending a ton of money on those three things. So I knew I wanted to get rid of my mortgage. I wanted to do that by house hacking. So I wanted to get like a duplex and live in one half and live for free or almost for free. So I did buy a duplex when I got home from that tour. My plan was to move into the one side and then rent the other side and you know significantly offset my housing costs. So I, I was renovating the empty unit. Um, I was going to move into it. I put my townhouse for sale. It was a bad year for real estate. 
uh, hardly anybody like came and looked at my house. Um, so it didn't sell. And then I wound up going back overseas again. So I just took it off the market and decided um, I'm just going to rent the duplex out complete. Uh, so that's what I did. So then I rented that out. I was making money on it, positive cash flow every month. And then after I came home from that other deployment, I decided instead of buying a duplex and living in half of it, um, I'm just going to buy like a really cheap house essentially and live in it. And that way I'm still offsetting my, my housing costs, but we're living in an area that's more desirable. And, uh, you know, we have our own place with our own yard and, you know, we're not sharing it with anyone. So it was just kind of a compromise that we decided to make and yeah, it's been working out really well. You know, I, I love that you, you have these ideas for real estate and you kind of fumbled through it. You were able though, to, to sell that big mortgage house and then bought the duplex and just tried to figure out what was working for you and what didn't work for you. And I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts like this, they think, you know, he probably makes so much money or, you know, he knows something that I don't know, or, you know, you all kind of think that it's good for that person, but not for me. Like I can't achieve that. And so I wanted to ask, what is your yearly income? My T4 from last year was 98,000 and change. Okay, perfect. Like that's, you know, like a lot of people in that, you know, around 100K or a little bit below or above 100K. It's quite, yeah, it's just, it's nice to hear that, right? And I want our listeners to know that that's something that it's very achievable. So just fumble through it, do the real estate thing. If that's not for you, just start investing, you know? Yeah, yeah, big time. It's um, spending less than you earn sounds super boring and lame, but it, what I've learned is like a really powerful uh, move to make to, to just spend less than you earn and, you know, pocket the rest or invest a difference. And it adds up really fast. Do you operate on a budget or are you some just somebody who's like really very well aware of their spending or? Again, around that same time, like five years ago, when I started learning all this stuff, uh, one of the first things I did was make a budget. So I signed up for an app called YNAB uh, or You Need a Budget. Since then, I've got my wife on it. And now we both use it. Uh, we love it. Like I check my budget every day. I find it super satisfying uh, to just have everything there, like organized and really well structured. That, that alone has made a huge difference too, just having that budget sticking to it. Maybe this is just me, but does it become kind of like a game? Earlier, you talked about savings rate and like, increasing your savings and your net worth and with budgeting is that kind of like the same thing like because every month you look at it and you have spreadsheets and like you try and track what the percentage you save every month and then you almost like compare it to monthly month 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 and then after year to year to year do you kind of do that too or is it just me because i love like at the end of the month like tim and i we look at like for example january 31st we're like oh yes it's january 31st like we get to check our statements and what, how much we spent and how much we saved. Like, well, how does that look like for you? Yeah. So same thing. Uh, when I, when I first like started using the budget was great. Cause there was like a lot of low hanging fruit to pick off there. Um, so, I mean, it, I started with the, you know, downsizing the house that saved me like a thousand bucks a month, the, the truck loan, that was 600 bucks a month. I just started knocking those things off, watch my budget get smaller and my savings get higher. You know, I started knocking things down by like, $10 or like $6. And it was super exciting it was to the point where I thought I couldn't get it any lower and I would get it like $6 lower and I would get excited about it and just add six more dollars to my monthly savings. I'm sort of at the point now where kind of, I've kind of leveled that out, like in terms of, you know, getting my budget down. Um, but it's still exciting to, you know, watch my savings rate grow. I got a whiteboard that I kind of track, you know, what I save and what the percentage is against my income and stuff. So I have two quick questions for you. Other than the mortgage now, do you have any other monthly payments that automatically go up? Maybe like we're not talking about 
like little subscriptions like Netflix, but we're talking about like any other vehicles or like quads or boats or things like that. No, there's um, the mortgage is the biggest thing. There's no, I, there's no other um, debts or financing uh, that I have. So any other payments is just typical, you know, uh, utilities, insurance, internet. We do own uh, the sailboat, but it's like there's, I bought it for like seven grand. It's like a 40 year old boat. Um, so the only costs on that are like the, um, like the dock, the slip fees that we pay to keep it on the dock uh, every year. But again, it's not all that much. And I sort of made an agreement with myself that, you know, I'm going to be okay with spending money on the boat because that is our passion. That is like the thing we do. You know, it's the reason why we're cutting our budget and saving money is so we can sail. So, um, yeah, I I came across that quote by, I think it's Ramit Sethi, where he says, spend extravagantly on the things you love, but cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. So I really took that to heart. And uh, that's kind of uh, just one of the philosophies I've adopted. That's really cool. And the other quick question is, what was your saving rate for maybe this past year or this past month? Or was on average, how much are you saving on your income? So between my wife and I, it was 50%. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's uh, not many people can do that. And I think it's huge to not have that consumer debt, like for like you said, a truck and things like yeah. that to increase that savings rate. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Hey guys, are you tired of having money in your savings account and collecting minimal interest? Yeah, you got anything that you can suggest? As a matter of fact, I do. EQ's Bank Savings Plus account has an everyday interest rate of 1.5%, a perfect place to keep your emergency fund without the risk and guarantee return. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I heard they also have the flexibility of a checking account for everyday banking, such as paying for bills and transferring money. That's right, Tim. And to top it all off, EQ Bank offers free transfers and free transactions when you need to move your money around. Sign up today with EQ Banks using the link found in the show notes and on our social media bios. So in terms of your current investments, can you give us a quick breakdown of how are your investments allocated? House, mutual funds. Can you give us a quick breakdown of that? So I, I got the two properties right now. One's a duplex. It's, it's fully rented. It cash flows really well. The other is this house that I live in, which I did buy a, to be a rental property. So in a few years, uh, when we kind of quit our jobs and, and move out, this will become a rental property as well. So there's the two properties and then it's just index funds. It's just pretty simple. If anyone follows Millennial Revolution, it'll be really familiar to that. Um, but yeah, just the uh, Vanguard and ETFs and a couple of the uh, BlackRock ones, just Canadian, US, international emerging market equity funds. And do you have a rough dollar value of, in terms of how much is allocated to each house and then how much is in your investments? Yeah. So my Questrade portfolio is about 53000 And then my wife's, I think, is 20 something, 25 maybe. And then, uh, yeah, the, the duplex is, well, I bought the duplex for about 240 Real estate's been going crazy here the last year and a half. So I was told that I might be able to add about another 100K on that. And this place that I'm in now, I bought for 165 and put about 40K into it. So it's probably worth about at least 250 or so. Cool. So Adam, everything that you said so far, savings rate, house hacking, uh, wanting to go on a sailboat, you talk about low cost index fund, Vanguard, things like VTSAX. Are you trying to achieve FI or FIRE? Because Everything you've talked about like kind of relates to what I want to do. It just kind of I'm getting that feel that you're going towards that trajectory and it's kind of what you're kind of going towards. For sure. Um of course, yeah, that's exactly what we're going towards. I 
you know, working hard to achieve financial independence so that we can live out our, our ideal lifestyle of just, you know, cruising on our own boat and traveling the world on our own terms. And it's cool because so many people in the FI community have that exact same everything you, that you just said. And it just gets me so excited because I'm trying to achieve five myself too, my wife and I. And it's kind of cool to see other people on the same type of journey who are six-figure millennials now and who are trying to get on this path. So that's amazing. And the fact that you and I both kind of have DB pensions uh, with the military and with law. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to see someone kind of in the same, same boat trying to achieve the same things. Mm-hmm. With in saying that, what is your your year like? How how many more years do you think you have on this trajectory before you can be financially independent? What we're planning for is about sometime in well around mid twenty twenty three is sort of the date I decided uh, that was going to be it. Um, and th- there's a little bit of a story behind that, but essentially, in the beginning, started thinking about you know what kind of like boat we wanted to live on. And how much like passive income I wanted to have every month in order to live like a comfortable lifestyle. And there were pretty lofty goals, but you know, at the time I was of the mindset, like ask, like, how can I afford it rather than I can't do it. And, uh, I just started like doing the math on how long is it going to take to accumulate this much money and build up this much passive income through real estate or index funds or whatever it is. And, you know, no matter how I cut it, at the end of the day, it came back to being, you know, a fairly lengthy time. And eventually, I just decided that more important to me to just get out there and start living our dreams, whatever that looks like sooner, rather than selling away more of my time to just have more money in, in the end. So instead of working towards like a financial goal, I decided to just set a date and just say, ready or not, you know, when this day comes, that's going to be it. And we'll just make it work. So on your financial journey, have you ever made any, I guess, is there one mistake that kind of sticks out to you or something that you've learned from that you kind of wish you could take it back and have a do-over? Um, I mean, there's lots of mistakes that I could, I could run through in my financial life, but probably it's just not learning like sooner, you know, not starting younger um, because that like time is it's just a powerful thing when it comes to you know, like compound interest or just, you know, growing your finances. So probably just not taking it more seriously at a younger age, um, I would say is probably one of the biggest mistakes. Yeah. And I think we all kind of experience that regret to some extent. For myself, I'm well aware that as somebody who's 27, I'm still on the younger side of things. But then we have people who come on to our podcast and they're six-figure millennials and they're already six figures at 22 years old, or they started saving when they were 14 or 15 years old. But Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, one of those things that you start saving early and it can work very powerfully for you. But people like yourself prove that even if you wait till you're 30 to start taking things seriously, it doesn't mean the game is over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's never too late. I mean, even for me, I started when I was what 31, 32, really taking it seriously. And I, I fully intend to, you know, be financially independent before I'm 40. You know, it can be done in a short amount of time if you really want it bad enough. Yeah, that's it's so true. You know, sometimes I think, like you said, the goals could be like so far away and so distant and where you're just going to make it happen here, you know, within 10 years from the time you start to, to you know, be, like you said, before you're 40. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you're married and that you guys were spending a lot before. Uh, how did you get your wife on board or was she the one who got you on board? And how do you navigate finances in a relationship? 
Yeah. So it was me in the beginning and I feel pretty fortunate the way it all, you know, worked out because she wasn't, I mean, she wasn't terrible with money either, but she wasn't great. just kind of average, you know, she made money, she spent money. Fortunately, she never really got in too bad of a way because she was like a student forever for like 10 years. So she never really had like, you know, like a full-time job where she was really making a lot of money to really blow on things. So, but yeah, she, I mean, I didn't really push very hard on her to get on board with this financial independence thing. Uh, fortunately, I kind of identified that might not be the best path to take. So what I did instead was um, I just tried to sort of rub off on her. So whenever I would learn something new about money or finance from a podcast or a book, I would just kind of share it with her and be excited about it with the hopes that over time she would you know, see me and the excitement that I get from it and just sort of pick up on it, which is eventually what wound up happening. Um, she got on board with YNAB after she saw me loving it. And she kind of liked it as well for all the same reasons. She started listening to some of the finance podcasts uh, that I did, you know, just because I was telling her about it and stuff. And then she started picking up the books that I read. And so we, she just sort of like organically eventually came around to being on the same page. So it just, it worked out really well that, um, that we're both sort of uh, on, the, on the same mindset. I love how you talk about how one of your biggest thing was starting too late. If there's younger people who are listening to this podcast right now, what is your advice to them? Maybe they're straight out of high school or they're starting university or just finished university, get into the workforce. What is your advice to them financially and just in general? Yeah, I would say continue, like spend less than you earn uh, and, and try to carry that on and don't fall into the trap of lifestyle inflation. Um, because, you know, that's easy to do when, when you start out, when you're young, you make, you know, a little bit of money, but you live off it just fine. And you're happy. You know, I look back to when I joined the army as a private made significantly less than I did now, but my, my quality of life was really about the same as it is now. I had everything I wanted and, and I had fun. And as I've gone through my career, my pay has increased significantly. And I, I just increased my cost of living, uh, to keep up with that. But it, I mean, I'm really no happier now than I was 10 years ago. So. If you can just maintain, you know, that initial kind of cost of living that you had when you were young and just let your income grow and invest it rather than spend it, then, you know, you're going to be like, you're just going to be miles ahead of everyone else. I love that you said that because I feel like a big myth in the FI community, in the financial independence community, is that you have to live way below your means and kind of live in a life of deprivation and suffer through to be able to retire early. And I think that's the furthest away from the truth. In the other way, I just feel like you don't need to drive that brand new 2021 truck. Instead, a mm -hmm. 2015 might work just as well. And you don't need that. For example, you said you love sailing. Maybe one day you'll get a brand new sailboat. But right now you have a 40-year-old sailboat with no payment. Yep. And instead, you can invest that money, right? So mm -hmm. you don't need to live that life of deprivation. And I think that's super cool that you broke that down. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to a game right now, Adam. It's called Break the Piggy Bank. And so basically what's happening is you have a hammer and you smash your piggy bank and you take out all the cash in there. And that's say there's a lot of money in your piggy bank. So top five places that you could sail to in this entire world. And money isn't an object. You could just take money from that piggy bank. What's the top five places that you would love to sail to? All right. Um, of course, I'm on the spot, so I'm not going to be able to think of it. But I, I actually spend a lot of time on uh, Google Maps. 
And I just roll around the world and I just try to zoom in on some of the remote, most remote places I can find. Uh, But one of them, I mean, well, crossing the Pacific Ocean is one of the big ones that I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't wait to do. One of the places that I want to go is a place called Chicago. It's, uh, it's a really small, really remote archipelago right in the middle of the Indian Ocean, completely uninhabited. And the, the only way you can get there is by sailing your own boat there. So that's one. Oh, that's cool. I'd be really, it seems kind of boring, but I'd like to go to Nassau, Bahamas, just because, uh, you know, I've done a lot of um, like reading about the old days of the Pirate Republic. It'd be cool to visit some of those old places uh, where they used to be. There's also uh, a small island off the coast of Madagascar. I can't think of the name of it now, but it, it was also a huge um, kind of Pirate Republic back in the 17th century as well. Other than that, just any any of the coral atolls in the South Pacific um, are just, you know, tiny little palm fringe strips of sand in the middle of the massive ocean is just uh, really, you know, appealing to me. Cool. Adam, I, I have to ask, because as you're talking, I'm getting kind of excited. <laughs> I want this to be my dream now, too. <laughs> so <laughs> break it down for me. Um, did you sail when you were a kid or how did you learn? And are you scared of storms in the ocean? And how much money do you need to sail the world? I did not sail as a kid. Um, like I said, I, I first got into it like five years ago, back when I was starting to learn about money as well. Right around that time when I kind of started realizing it was something I was interested in, um, a buddy of mine here that I work with, I happened to have uh, like a small 27-foot boat uh, on the river here. So I, I went out with him one day. I thought this was really cool. So that, that's it in terms of experience. I learned by buying my own boat and just going out on the river and figuring it out. I read a book or two, watched some YouTube videos, as most people do. Um, but for the most part, I just went out there and, you know, just started pulling on ropes and, until, until I made the boat move. The short answer is it, it, it can cost as much or as little as, as you want it to, essentially. Um, there's lots of YouTube channels of people um, who live on their boats and, and vlog about it. And there's people who do it for as little as, you know, like a thousand bucks a month. And there's people who spend, you know, five, ten or more thousand a month. So um, it all depends on, you know, your your comfort level and, um, you know, what you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, they say we all anchor in the in the same water and stare at the same sunset. And, you know, it kind of doesn't matter, like how nice your boat is because you get the same experience as everyone else. Um, am I afraid of storms? No, not really. Um, I mean, yes, it's an intimidating thing. Uh, you know, you or I could get killed on our way to work tomorrow. And if, and if we don't, the difference is, you know, we get to arrive at work. Whereas if I make it across the ocean, I arrive in paradise. essentially. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, maybe that'll be my dream too. One day. <laughs> All right. See you out there. <laughs> You've inspired me. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Adam, I just want to thank you for coming on today and um, sharing your dream. You know, I think that's what this is all about. It's um, sometimes we can get all wrapped up in money and and just talk about investing and making money. But when you really come down to it, it's why are we doing it? You know, we're doing it for a reason. And I love that you shared your dream with us. Is there, you had mentioned before that you have a blog, I believe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Do you want to do a shout out for your social media? Sure. So our website is called RonerSailing.com. It stands for Ready or Not Early Retirement. The blog, check it out. There's not a whole lot there. We're actually not very good bloggers, but uh, there's a few articles there about uh, some financial independence stuff and um, a little bit about the sailing we do here. And then uh, we also have Instagram and Facebook at the same name, Roner Sailing. 
Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today with us. It's been fun talking with you and getting to learn a little bit about sailing and yeah, just how, you know, it's a huge part of your life. Definitely one of the big things that I hope our listeners take away from this is just the importance of knowing where every dollar is going, the importance of budgeting. It's once you start doing that, you'll begin to realize just how much it's possible to save. Your savings are going to go way up and you become disciplined in budgeting. And when you just realize, oh, hey, you know, I'm spending $600 a month on eating out or it's totally doable to cut your mortgage down by almost $1,000 a month, as was Mm -hmm. your case, Adam. And I just think that's such valuable information. And I'm so glad you came on and shared that with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot. And and there's one other thing I'll touch, Juliana just touched on it, but it's the importance of having a why as well, you know, really helps because um, if you don't have that why, then it's kind of hard to understand why we're cutting our expenses and why we're trying to save so much money. So I was fortunate enough to kind of like have that, have those two things come together at the same time. You know, for anyone who doesn't have that why and doesn't understand why they should try to achieve this financial independence thing, understand that one day that why is going to come to you. You know, it's almost almost certainly going to come to you one day. You can't just sit down and just try to think of it in an afternoon. Um, but the important thing is to be prepared when that why does hit you. If you start now when you're young, knowing that someday that day is going to come, then you know when you figure out that why that you want to do with your life, you know the bulk of the work is done, and you might even be ready to quit your job now. You see, I decided I want to sail the world, but I decided at a time when I had zero savings, a bunch of debt, and you know I was starting from from ground zero. Um, so, so that I think is just something important to keep in mind for anyone who doesn't understand why they should be taking this advice. Yeah, I love what you just said because my wife and I found our why, and that's why we're also trying to reach Phi. Earlier, you talked about how you started at 31, and I have a buddy right now who's on the path to try and get out of debt and like what you were a few years back. And it's never too late to start. And if you're out there listening and you're 45, 50 years old, maybe you feel like, you're late to the game or maybe maybe you're 50 or 60 and you're looking at maybe only retiring when you're 75 or, or you have to work the rest of your life. It's never too late to start. Just do what Adam did, create a budget, look at what you're spending on too much. Maybe you don't need that new vehicle. Maybe you don't need to live in that six, seven bedroom house and downsizing. And what you did is incredible because not many people are willing to sacrifice and do what you did. It's super cool to hear that. And yeah, we just appreciate all these stories that people share and especially someone who's trying to achieve financial independence because it's close to me and it's something that i'm trying to really understand and fully educate myself on and it's super cool to hear the story that you share so thank you so much for that other than that on behalf of the financial classroom adam you've been a great guest and we wish you all the best in the future and hopefully one day you're sailing sooner rather than later across the pacific ocean and fishing too on the side of the boat and uh, doing things that you love and that you're not stuck at your nine to five or whatever the military hours are. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on again. And yeah, if you are a six figure millennial guest out there and you want to come on, just feel free to email us at financialclassroom at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram and Facebook at financial classroom. And hopefully you guys have a great day and learn a lot from this podcast. Other than that, Take care. Have an amazing rest of your life. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
For more episodes and financial tips, check out our Facebook page, The Financial Classroom. And if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on our various podcast platforms. Later.